With Hashem's assistance, we're learning about the comment of Tzadik Bey's page 92. We begin six lines from the bottom of Tzadik Aleph on Bey's page 91b. Amar Rav, Rav says, Dikla de ton kava, also the say. When we're talking about a tree that produces fruit, so it has to produce a certain amount of fruit in order for it to be forbidden to cut down that tree. So Rav says the amount of fruit that it's producing is a kav, which is a certain dry measure, about one and a half liters. Mesve. I'll ask you a question. How much does an olive tree have to produce in order for it to be forbidden to cut, cut it down? Revat has to produce a quarter of a kav. So we see that the, there's a big difference. One says a kav in regards to the dates. One says in regards to olives, you have to, it has to produce a quarter of that amount. One says shani says in the chashivi that it's different in regards to olives since olives are more considerable. So they're more chashuv. So therefore, it could be even a smaller amount that it produces. It's enough for it to be forbidden to cut down the olive tree. Amr of Chanin. Rav Chanin says leshachiv shivchas b'ri. My son shivchas. The reason that he died, ela dekatz te'inas abalizmana. It was because he cut down a date tree at the wrong time. Amr Ravina. Ravina says If it has a greater value as timberwood, so then it would be permitted, assuming that it has greater value as timberwood than the fruits that it's going to produce. Tanya We actually have a brisa that states like this statement of Ravina. Rak The verse says only a tree that you know is not going to be a tree which is a fruit tree. Only that are you allowed to chop down. So the Gemara makes a drush and says like this, only a tree that you know, Ze'ilon Michael. So it's referring even to a tree which you know in fact that it is a tree which produces fruit. Nevertheless, you're allowed to cut it down if it's the only tree that exists and you need to cut it down as part of your war. Kilayetz Michael, who the verse says you have to know that it's not a tree of fruits that produces fruits. Ze'ilon Saga, it's referring to a tree that doesn't produce any fruits. Now the Gemara says, is a fenel araba, it's called over. Once you're already going to include everything, meaning we're going to even say that you're allowed to cut down a tree that produces fruits. Michael. Why do we also need to say that you can also cut down a tree that doesn't produce fruits, obviously? It's coming to say that if you have a choice between a tree that produces fruits and a tree that does not produce fruits, so you choose the tree that does not produce fruits. So now we're on the top of 92a. You might think that even if the tree that produces fruits is actually worth more as timberwood, then it's worth because of the fruits that it's producing. You might think that you still have to go to the tree that doesn't produce fruits, Tamaloma rock. So that's why the Torah uses the word rock, which limits and says that this only applies that you have to use the tree that does not produce fruits first. That's only true when the tree that produces fruits has a greater value because of its fruits. But if it has a greater value because of its wood, so then you can in fact chop down the fruit tree first. So we see like this statement in the Ravina. Shmuel Aisile Arise Tamri. So one time Shmuel, so his sharecropper brought him some dates. Achil, he ate them. Time buhu time And he tasted in them, there was a taste of wine. Amrlai Maihai, so he says to him, What's down there? Why is there a taste of wine inside of these dates? Amrlai Baini Gufni Kami. So he responded and said that this day tree is standing amongst the grapevines. Amr, so Shmuel says, Machashil Bachamra Kulehai. They're going to affect the wine a tremendous amount, the wine that's coming out of the grapes. Lamachar, I see the Mikorayim. So therefore, tomorrow, chop them down, bring me the roots. Meaning, so we see again from the story that where it has a greater value that the tree not be there, even though it's a fruit tree, it's permitted to chop down the fruit tree. Rechiz the Chaza Ta'ali Begufni. Rechiz saw these small date trees that were amongst the grapevines. Amar Leila Rizzi, so he says to his sharecropper, Akrinu, uproot them. Gufni Konidikli, because the value of grapes is much greater. If you sell grapes from the grapevines, so be able to buy another piece of property theoretically to be able to, to plant date trees. But if all you have is the date trees, so the dates are not as valuable, and you won't be able to buy more pieces of land in order to plant grapevines. So therefore, get rid of the date trees. We begin the Mishnah. 
The Mishnah says that even if a person has paid back, a person is not considered forgiven until he's actually asked for forgiveness from the person that he caused damage to, even though he's paid. The verse says, The verse says, in regards to when Avimelech took Avram Avinu's wife Sarah, so it says that Hashem says to him, you have to return this woman back to her husband, and then Hashem says to Avimelech that Avram is going to pray on your behalf. Now, the only way that Avram Avinu, Abraham, would pray on his behalf is only if they were on good terms. So clearly, from this verse, you see that Avimelech had to ask for forgiveness. And how do we know that a person really should forgive? And if he doesn't forgive, he's considered cruel. As the verse says, that Abraham davened to God, and Hashem cured Avimelech. So we see from the fact that indeed Avram felt as he felt previously, meaning he didn't feel any negative feelings towards him. He completely forgave him, he prayed on his behalf. From there we see that that's the proper way of dealing with a situation like this. The mission continues with another case and says, if let's say someone says to his friend, blind my eye, cut off my hand, break my leg, so there's an obligation on the person who does it, even though he was told by the person to do it. If let's say the person says, break my leg, and on the condition that you're not going to have any obligation, there still will be an obligation. However, if he says, rip my clothing, break my jug, so there's going to be an obligation to pay. However, if he says, but if he says, rip it, or break it on the condition that you're not going to have an obligation, then indeed there will be no obligation. Let's say he says, do do the same kind of destruction to so-and-so, and on the condition that you're not going to have an obligation, there's going to be an obligation whether we're talking about he was told to strike him on his body or to cause damage, destruction to some of his property. We begin the Gemara. We learned in the so this price is as if it's a continuation of the previous Mishnah. This that we talked about the embarrassment, the amount of money that has to be paid for that, that's only in regards to embarrassment of al but the pain a person feels because of his embarrassment, even if you brought all of the korbanos, all the sacrifices in the world, you're not going to be forgiven until you request that he forgive you. Shinamar's verse says, return the woman, because he is a prophet, he's going to pray on your behalf. The Ashes Navi by Haduris, the Gemara says, now this is a separate point. The the Pasik says return it because he's a prophet's wife. So the implication is what? Because it's a prophet's wife, that's why you have to return it. But if it's someone else's wife, a regular person, you wouldn't have to return his wife. First it says, return the married woman. And it's saying a general thing. So what does it mean when it says, because he's a Navi, he's a prophet? So actually that statement was said in regards to something else that was said. And that's in regards to Avimelech's statement. He had said to Hashem, you're going to kill me, I'm a righteous person. He had told me, Avram had told me, that this is my sister. And she also said that this is my brother. So how can you make me a guilty party? So to this, Hashem responded and said, Navi, he's a prophet. And I think the understanding of it is, since he's a prophet, so he's someone who's on a high intellectual level. And he already knows. If someone comes, he's a guest in a city. What are they asking about? They ask him, do you need a place to eat? Do you need a place to drink? Or do they they ask him, what's your wife? Is this your wife? Is this your sister? That's a, it's a strange kind of question. So from the fact that he's a prophet, an intelligent, high-level human being, so clearly he understood from the, the questions that you were asking what the right answer was. So therefore, that's why he responded to you and said, this is my sister. And that's why she said also, this is my brother. Because of your question, that's not a normal question to ask. And that was Hashem's response to Avimelech's statement, trying to clear himself from guilt. From here we see that a person who's a ben-noach, a non-Jew, that if he has relationships, 
relations with someone else's wife and it was caused because of his own foolishness, his own negligence, so then he gets killed. Because he should have learned the proper way, the proper derechers, the proper way of relating to other people, and he didn't. And therefore, if not for the fact that Avram Avinu, Abraham, had prayed for Avimelech, so he should have been killed. The Gemara continues, Ki atzar, atzar Hashem, that Abraham, when he prayed for Avimelech, so he was able to open up that which Hashem had stopped up. What does that mean? Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Lazar says, Why does the Torah say twice? Because God had stopped, He had stopped. So there was one thing in the man's that got the men that got stopped up, which was that they weren't able to ejaculate their seed. There were two things in regards to a woman that got stopped up. And he see that had gotten into the woman previously, so that wouldn't come out. And she wasn't able to give birth. In the rest we have, there were two things in the man that got stopped up. He wasn't able to get out his seed, and also he wasn't able to urinate. There were three things that a woman wasn't able to get out. The seed that was inside of her, her uh, ability to urinate was stopped, and also she couldn't give birth. Ravina, Amar Ravina says, There were three different things that were stopped up inside of the man. The seed wasn't able to come out, he wasn't able to urinate, he wasn't able to defecate. There were four things in regards to a woman. That she wasn't able to get out the seed that was inside of her, she wasn't able to get out the child that was inside of her, she wasn't able to urinate, and she wasn't able to defecate. The verse says that all of the wombs were closed up. They said in the Yeshiva Rabbi Yanai, even a chicken in the house of Avimelech was not laying its eggs. Rabbi says to Rabbi Barmari as follows, Where do we know the following statement of the sages? Whoever prays asks for mercy for his friend, and the person who is praying for his friend also needs that thing, that the person who prayed is answered first, even though he, he prayed for his friend, because it says the verse as follows Hashem returned all the things that Yehov had lost when he prayed for his friends so from the fact that we see that his prayer on his friend's behalf brought about a return of his own things so therefore you see this idea that we just said Amar lays, so he responds to it like this. You say it's from that verse. But I say it's from the following verse. That it says that Abraham he dove into God. And Hashem cured Avimelech. And Hashem cured his wife and his maidservants. And the verse says that Hashem opened up the womb of Sarah like he said. So Pokad, Rashi points out, is past tense. It doesn't say that he did it then. It sounds like it had happened in the past. Omar Avram El Al or El Avimelech. That when did it happen? It happened when Avram prayed for Avimelech. That's when Sarah became able to conceive. Thus we see that if you pray on someone else's behalf, you're answered first if you need that thing as well. Omerly Rabbi Rabbi Mari. Rav asks the following question to Rabbi Mari. Inchi, from where do we know this colloquial saying that people say, that sometimes when you're trying to take out the thorns from the ground, you're trying to weed out the ground, so sometimes along with the thorns comes out some of the good stuff, some of the cabbage. So where do we have this concept? And the idea is, as Rashi explains, that sometimes when something bad happens to someone evil, so along with that comes something negative that occurs to his neighbor who might be a good person. So where do we see that from? Amr 
Yitziv. He said, because the verse says, Why do you fight against me? You have all rebelled against me. This is the word of Hashem. And Rashi explains, and when Hashem was saying this to the Navi, to the Prophet, He was including the Prophet along with them. So therefore you see that when there's someone that's getting balled out because they're evil, so along with that comes people who are not so evil. So He said to them, You say from that verse. I actually say from a different verse. Hashem said to Moshe and Aaron, He was referring to the Jewish people, but He was speaking to, to Moshe and Aaron and saying, How long will you prevent yourselves from keeping the Torah and the mitzvahs from the commandments? So we see that Aaron and, and Moshe were included in it as well. So Rav says, to Rabbi Barmari's follows, the verse says, that Yosef, when he was presenting his brothers in front of Paro, so he took five out of his brothers from the weaker ones from his brothers. Manenu, Chamisha, who are these five? Amr Hachi, Amr So he responded to him and said, This is what Rabbi Yechanan says, Those that in the brachas of Moshe Rabbeinu, when Moses gave the blessings to the tribes, so there were five tribes, or actually there was a sixth tribe as we're going to see, but these five were the tribes that were doubled, that they got an extra blessing, because since they were weaker, so uh, Yosef wanted to present the weaker brothers in front of Paro, so that Paro wouldn't ask them to become part of his government. Yehuda nami mechbos, so the Gemara asks, Yehuda also is doubled, this is the sixth one, and he wasn't one of the weaker tribes. There's a reason why Yehuda was doubled, and it's for a different reason, as follows. What does it mean in the verse when it says, Yehuda should live and not die, and he should be very numerous, and this to Yehuda. Why did it, it sounds like it's continuing in regards to Yehuda from the bracha of Reuven. So the Gemara explains like this. The whole 40 years that the Jewish people were in the wilderness. So the bones of Yehuda, so they had become uh, separated from each other and they were rolling around in his casket. Until Moshe Rabbeinu came and he requested mercy from God. He said in front of Hashem, Master of the world, who is the one that caused Reuven to admit to his own sin? It was Yehuda when Yehuda admitted to his sin, or when he admitted to the fact that Tamar had become impregnated by him. So Reuven saw that he had done this in public, so Reuven also admitted in public. So after that prayer, Miyad Shem Hashem called Yehuda. Immediately Hashem heard the voice of Yehuda. All of his limbs, they reconnected to each other. Nevertheless, Yehuda, he couldn't get up to the yeshiva in the heavens. He wasn't allowed in. So Moshe Davin, Moses prayed on his behalf, and it says, and he came into his nation. He didn't have the ability to understand what the sages were saying in the yeshiva in the heavens. He wasn't able to have discussions with them. So Moshe, Moses, he prayed on his behalf, that he should be able to have that ability. So he wasn't able to understand the Torah according to the way it was supposed to come out in the end all. So Moshe, he davened for, for Yehuda that uh, he should have help from his enemies, so to speak, and he was able to thereby understand the Torah as it was supposed to be understood. So basically the point of this whole thing, well, the reason that we brought this whole story with Yehuda, was to show that that was why his name was doubled, because he needed extra chizik, he needed extra help in a certain sense. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, when giving the bracha to his tribe, that's why Moshe doubled his name. But the other five tribes that were doubled, it was because the tribe itself was weaker. So Rabbi says another question to Rabbi Barmari. From where do we know this idea, that people say, after the poor person follows the poverty, meaning the poor get poorer. We know it from the following mission. So the rich people, they would bring their first fruits 
in baskets made out of silver and gold. And the, they wouldn't have to give those baskets to the Kohanim, to the priests. And the poor people, so they bring it in baskets made out of woven willow branches. And the poor people, so they would actually give the baskets along with the first fruits to the, to the Kohanim, to the priests. So we see that the poor person, in a certain sense, he's losing out on this basket. And the rich person, so he gets to keep his fancy basket. So, so he says to him, you say that we learned enough from there, but I actually learned enough from a different place, which is a verse. We find in regards to a person who's leprous, that when, he, when he's impure, so he has to walk out and be calling in front of himself, impure, impure, he has to embarrass himself, meaning not only is he punished that he has this leprosy, but he's also punished in a certain sense that he has to call out and embarrass himself as well and uh, show that he's impure. Rabbi says another question to Rabbi Bamari. From where do we know the following statement of the sages? Get up early and eat in the morning before it gets hot in the summer. Get up early and eat in the, in the morning in the winter before it gets extremely cold. And people say, Sixty people can run after the person who in the morning has eaten breakfast. So basically the concept is that uh, breakfast is the most important meal of the day. From where do we see this? From the chsiv. So he answered him because the verse says, You won't be hungry, you won't be thirsty. And they won't be struck by heat and sun. So basically you see that you have to get up early in the morning to eat. So he says to him, You say from that verse, But I say from the following verse, It says in the verse, You shall serve Hashem your God. This is referring to saying Shema and praying. He will bless your bread and your, and your waters. This is referring to eating bread with salt and having a cup of water. From then on, so the verses are going to take away sickness from your midst. So basically you see that it's a very healthy thing to eat in the morning. And we learn that Reza Machla Zumara that when it says in the verse, Machla, sickness, it's referring to the sickness of Mara. So why is it referred to as Machala, sickness? But there are 83 different sicknesses that are included in it. And the Gematria, the numerical value of the word Machala, sickness, is 83. And all of those 83 different parts of the sickness, if one eats bread and salt in the morning and has a cup of water, so it takes away all of those different parts of the sickness. Another statement of Rava to Rabbi Marmari. You know how Milsa Dama Rabban, where do we know the statement of the sages? If your friend calls you a donkey, so then put a saddle on your back. Meaning, if someone uh, says something to you that's negative, so you shouldn't fight with him, but rather you should just admit to it. So, so where do we know this from? Because the following verse. And the angel says to her, it's referring to Hagar. Hagar Shifcha Sarai, Amy Zebos Vonatelchi. Refers to her as the maidservant of Sarai. She, and he says to her, Where do you come from? Where are you going? And she responded. In other words, he said something about her, which was somewhat negative, which was that she was the maidservant. And she responded in the affirmative and, and said as follows, I'm running away from my master Sarai. So when someone says to you something negative, admit to it, don't fight. So Rabbi says another statement to Rabbi Bamari. You know, how do we know the following statement that people say, the colloquial saying? If you have something negative about yourself that you're going to say, say it at the beginning. Where do you know this from? Because of the following verse. When Eliezer came, he was speaking to the parents of Rivka, trying to get Rivka to marry Yitzchak. So the first thing he says is that I am the slave of Abraham. So thus we see that if you have a negative thing to say about yourself, first thing you should say. Rabbi says another statement to Rabbi Bamari. Where do you know the following concept that people say? 
that a person, even if they're a humble person, they should, still shouldn't be embarrassed to ask for something that they need if it has to do with parnas, has to do with livelihood. So he answered him, the verse says, the verse is the Avigail, so Rashi explains that she knew with prophecy that she was going to lose her husband. So she asked David not to forget about her beauty and to remember her later on. So thus we see, even though someone like Avigail was a great tzaddik, is a great righteous woman, nevertheless, she wasn't embarrassed to ask for what she needed. Another statement of Rabbi to Rabbi Bamari, from where do we know the following statement that people say? Sixty pains come to someone's tooth who hears his friend eating and he's not eating. So we learn it out from the following verse. Nasan Anavi was talking to David HaMelech and he was mentioning the fact that someone had not invited them to the party and all these different people that were not invited. So Rashi says that we see from the fact that he was complaining that uh, if you hear about a party where people are eating and you're not able to eat, so it's a negative thing. It's uh, something painful. So he says to him, You said from that verse, But I say from the following verse, Yitzchak brings in his wife Rivka into the tent of his mother Sarah. He marries Rivka, she becomes his wife, He loved her, and he was consoled, Yitzchak was consoled after the death of his mother. And the verse says afterwards, that after Avram it seems so that Yitzchak got married, so he also decided he wanted to get married, and he married this other woman whose name was Keturah. So we see from this verse that if one person is eating, and another person is not eating, so he feels a certain pain, and therefore he has to, to get rid of that pain. And that's what happened with Avram Avinu. I'm another statement of Rav to Rav Bar From where do we know the following statement that people say? It's the king's wine. But who do you feel you got a favor from? The person who poured the wine. Meaning you're not giving credit where credit is due. Where does that concept come from? Because we have a verse as well. Hashem says to Moshe, you're going to place your hands upon Yehoshua in order that they should hear and they should fear all the Jewish people. It said that Yehoshua, so he was filled with a spirit of wisdom because Moshe Rabbeinu placed his hands on him. So the verse makes it sound like that it was Moshe Rabbeinu who brought this spirit of wisdom upon him. But in truth, it was God. Another statement of Rav to Rav Bamari. From where do you know the following statement that people say? That a dog in his hunger will even eat stones. Because the verse says, A satisfied soul, so it will eat delicacies. And for a hungry soul, so anything that's bitter, it tastes sweet to it. From where do you know the following statement that people say? A bad tree will always be found near a tree that doesn't produce fruit. Meaning, bad people hang out with bad people. Where do we find this from? This, this matter is actually stated in the Torah explicitly. It's stated again in the Prophets. It's also stated a third time in the writings. We have it in the Mishnah. We have it in the Bryce as well. We find it in the Torah because it says, Esav goes to Yishmael to find his daughter to marry. So we see bad people hang out with bad people. We find that in the prophets as well, that they were collected unto Yiftach, people who were empty people, they hung out with him. We find it a third time in the writings, the verse is called, all birds to their own type they hang out, and people to those who are like them. We have an anything that's attached to something that's impure is impure, anything that's attached to something that's pure is pure. We find that in the Brisa, it's not a coincidence, says the Brisa, that a starling 
went over to the raven. It's because it's its own type. They're both impure birds. Another statement of Rava to Rava Bamari. We know the following statement that people say. If let's say you gave Musa, you give a uh, rebuke to your friend, and he didn't respond to you, he didn't accept it. So take a big wall and throw it on him, meaning get rid of this person. He's not a person that you should be hanging out with. So where do we see that? So we responded and said, The verse says that Yechezkel was saying in the name of Hashem, that since I tried to purify you, and you didn't become purified, so you're not going to become purified again. Meaning if you try to give someone Musa, rebuke, they don't listen, you should step away from that person. I'm really Rav the Rabbi Bamari. Rav says to Rabbi Bamari, "Me know how milsa damri inchi." From where we know the colloquial saying, "Bear the shas mine loy tishadi bekala." If you have a well that you drink from, don't throw a clump of dirt into it. Meaning, it's a shawakar so tov. You have to recognize the good that people do for you. I'm really dechsivdi. So he told him because the verse is like this: "If an Edomite wants to come and convert to Judaism, don't turn him away because he's your brother." And if an Egyptian wants to come and convert, don't turn him away since you are a stranger in his land. Meaning we have to show our cars that we have to recognize the good that's done for us, even if we don't have that good anymore. But once we've benefited from something, we should never show any kind of contempt for that thing. I'm really Rabbi the Rabbi Mamari, another statement of Rabbi the Rabbi Mamari. From where we know the statement that people say, If you take the package with me, I'll carry it. But if you're not going to take this package with me, I'm not going to carry it. Meaning that Rashi explains that a person is willing to take a financial risk as long as someone else is taking the risk with him. But to take it on his own, he's not willing to do that. Where do we find this concept? We find it in the verse, So Barak says to her, If you go with me, I'll go with you. But if you don't go with me, I'm not going to go. Another statement of Rabbi to Rabbi Bamari. From where do you know the statement that people say? When I was young, people treated me like a man, like a man. But now that I'm old and I'm dependent on other people, so now they treat me like a baby. Where do we find this? Because he says originally the verse says in regards to the Jewish people in the wilderness. God was going in front of them in the daytime to show them the, the way with his cloud, and at night with a pillar of fire, in order to show them the light. And the end of verse says, At the end Hashem says, I'm going to send in front of you an angel to show you the way.